Greetings, my friend, and welcome to Beyond Curious, conversations with brave adventurers like yourself that are taking voyages into the unknown to satisfy their curiosity, fulfill their purpose, and bring their ideas to life. I'm Brandon Fong, and welcome. I am beyond excited to have you here, whether you are a new or old friend. And man, oh man, am I excited to introduce you to someone that I firmly believe has changed my life, Mr. Kevin Kowalki. So it was in this moment that that I, I made the decision that I was no longer going to allow a circumstance or a human being to to ever uh, rob me of my joy. And And what was so beautiful about this moment of Brandon is... It was this, this, I finally realized I did have a say. I finally realized I had a choice. I finally realized that I could control it. And what could I control? Me. Guys, I am so excited for this episode. I'm experimenting live right now to do my intros a little bit differently. I'm actually recording this. Kevin is staring at me right now. We recorded an amazing episode. And so Kevin, do you want to just say hi really quick so people can hear your voice? Friends, it is good to be with you. There is no one better on the planet than my dear Brandon, <laughs> who he and I have this uh, really incredible relationship with, which I know he's going to tell you more about. Great to yeah, be here. Absolutely. So instead of reading his bio, I thought what I would do is I would just introduce Kevin like I would introduce him to a friend of mine, but I can't introduce Kevin without telling the story about how Kevin came into my life. So I met Kevin when I was 16 years old, which is crazy to say, it's 10 years ago, I know I'm a still a baby, but he's so humble, he'll deny it, but he legit changed my life. There is no hyperbole there. Uh, if you guys want like a serialized version of this introduction, you can go back and listen to episode 101 where I featured Brenda Campbell. Brenda was my first ever mentor and she was the one that introduced me to Kevin because I was 16 years old. I was working on this business plan for a high school business plan competition called DECA. I was working on it and it was called the Sizzlin' Ninja Food Truck. <laughs> so Brenda was like, this kid's doing something cool and let me connect you with some local entrepreneurs. So she introduced me to Kevin. Kevin not only helped me with my business plan, but what was so significant for me and not from the monetary value, but Kevin's like, this kid's going somewhere and he contributed to my travel fund for $500. And that was enough for me to like cover the rest of the cost of my trip. And I ended up taking first place in state because of that, uh, you know, that whole experience. But like I said, it wasn't the $500. It was not the money. It was the, it was the lesson that there are incredible human beings out there that are willing to support you if you know how to build relationships. And Kevin practices what he preaches and he he just opened the kimono and helped supported me and so it has just been so amazing to have Kevin in my life and the fact that we're talking 10 years later and he's coming on the show uh is just is just amazing so Kevin intentionally doesn't um he's not very public because he's busy spending time with his his uh family which has been amazing but mad respect and you'll actually learn a lot from this episode uh about how he's doing that very intentionally so he is a husband he is a father he is a founder an angel investor speaker and philanthropist and personally a friend and mentor. And uh, there's so much juiciness in our conversation today, but I always like to give people three things that they can look forward to in the conversation. So what I would love to do, Kevin, since you're sitting and staring at me here is I'm going to share one and then you can share uh, something else that you feel like somebody would get from the episode. So my number one takeaway was learning how you have created boundaries in your life that empower you to stick inside of your zone of genius and 
stay with it, watch your kids grow up. And the, the amount of deep work that you did on yourself to uncover that and make those decision criteria present was just amazing for me. And also very timely because we have a, we have a kid coming on the way. So that was my number one takeaway. What do you think Kevin people are going to take away from this conversation? Well, hopefully they take away a lot because you and I covered a lot of areas. What I would say is embrace the valleys. We all go through difficult things in life and we tend to want to avoid them. If you take them head on and recognize that you're being brought down in order to be able to expand the upside, what will come from it, I promise you, is truly remarkable and you begin with your level of deserve which we'll talk about oh my gosh love that so juicy so all that and more you'll find in today's episode of beyond curious so here's the episode Kevin, my friend, man, oh man, where do we even start? So as a part of our last conversation, I was kind of joking around that you doing this podcast was essentially me going to the Amazonian forest, finding the wise recluse and 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 saying, I've got I need to interview you. And it's so funny when we were talking about this because you are radically different than the Kevin that I met when I was 16 years old, which is crazy to say almost 10 years ago, because you have been on this journey of being very intentional with your time, the way you show up and what you're sharing with the world. And when we had our initial conversation, a big part of that was a very intentional decision that you made about your entrepreneurial career when your kids came along. And um, since we last spoke, you said it was one of the most amazing decisions you've ever made in your life. And so I thought a great place to start would for, be for you to tell us a little bit of context as to where you were in your life when you made that decision and what that decision was as you kind of built your business around your family life. I love talking about this topic. And the main reason is, is it's a big reminder for me, okay? Because there was a, <laughs> there was a period of time in my life, I, I legitimately did not believe that I could manage and more importantly, control and put framework around my schedule, my day, my time, all those kind of things. I, I, I literally felt as if I had to do whatever, whenever, for whomever, uh, for the for a, a significant portion of my uh, life, leading into adulthood and into my entrepreneurial, uh, you know, time, all those kind of things. And ultimately, I had gone through a season of life that was very difficult and challenging, which you know, you know all about. We've talked about this before, and I'm sure it'll come up at some point. And it was through that valley, that very deep, dark valley, I decided that once and for all, I'm going to stop being a people pleaser. I'm going to take more control over my life, my business, my time, my schedule, all of that. And so it was this big evolution and there's a, a big a, a backstory, a long, long backstory to it. The key was this, though, is that we went on this journey. I, I'm with my my wife now, uh, Julie, who's uh, this amazing soul, amazing, beautiful human being. And it's one reason I'm, I believe that I'm as um, uh, joyful and full of life as I am today because of her. And it was interesting because as I went through this valley and all of a sudden I started to feel different about myself because I had a lot of self-worth issues and... Um, and it, I get a little emotional, you know, talking about it because it's such a, a big deal. And that's when I finally said, you know what? I'm never, ever again going to allow an individual or a circumstance to dictate anything in my life anymore. 
And when we went on this journey of my wife and I talked about having kids and, you know, it was much later in life for me and a most beautiful time, of course, as God intends. And it was at that moment that I said, man, if I'm going to have children, I have, I have to once and for all take full ownership of how I'm going to spend my time, who I'm going to spend my time with so that I had time to be a great dad for a very long period of time. I didn't think I would be. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. And so that's when I just went all in and I started to figure it out and became bolder and bolder with limiting my time, who got the time, all those kind of things. And it really has gotten to this point where I've proven to myself, and thus I try to share this with as many people as possible, that you can do it. It's a total choice. The right people will stay with you will work with you through you as long as they have a, a very good understanding as to the method to the madness, as I like to say. Well, I love that for so many reasons. One, it was a, it was a partly selfish question because at the time that this episode is coming out, it's right around Leah and I's due date. So our due date is actually Leah's birthday, October 27th. This should be coming on around then unless something changes. But it's a very timely conversation for me. So I want to dive in a little bit deeper, but also... I just love how it shows who you are. Like you're just uncompromising around your values, the way that you want to spend your time with people that matter to you. And you've been able to find that balance that so many people haven't been able to find. And another person that's coming on the show later this year, somebody I met, you actually, it's funny, Kevin, you might actually know him. Do you happen to know Eric Roman? Does that name ring a bell? Okay, doesn't it know. doesn't. Okay, that's because he was in the dental space too, which which was kind of funny. But Eric is a is, is become a dear friend of mine, and he did the same thing that you did, where he decided that he wanted to put his family at the center of everything and make sure that they were planning all their family vacations, like what his schedule would look like. And then after he was done with that, he would go to his team and say, this is what I have to work with. Let's build around that. And he, through what he was saying is like, he found himself to be insanely more productive as a result of actually doing that. So it's kind of counterintuitive, this conversation that we're having, and obviously very, very timely, like I said, for, for me. So for people that are hearing this, that are like, okay, that sounds pretty cool that this Kevin guy has been able to build this life around being there for his kids, being there, and then like kind of setting aside, not setting aside, but building his entrepreneurial business around that. What would you kind of say to people who are um, maybe scared to make that decision or the, some of the benefits that you've seen from putting these intentional boundaries around how you operate your business with your family first? Yeah, it's a great follow-up. I would say to everyone, I believe what's important is this. You, you have to start with your own reason for it. Why is it that you want more control over your life and schedule? Because if you don't come up with a good reason behind it, and it doesn't have to be kids. Kids is obvious, right? Like for those who truly want to just be all in with, with uh, you know, parenting, whether you're a, 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 a mother or a father or whatever the case is grandparents even, you know, like, okay, I've got my chance. To, I got this shot to be a grandparent, whatever it may be. So you have to begin with convincing yourself first, because otherwise you're not going to put in the time or the discipline to be able to do it. My thing was this, as I went through this discovery and this took a while. Okay. Because when, when Julie and I made, made the decision that the, the moment had come where we were going to, you know, try to conceive, to have our first child. It was a long journey, okay? Like, it was well over two years. We even got to the point where, like, man, maybe we're not going to be able to, all these kind of things. 
And uh, and only through, uh, you know, the miracle of uh, IVF, some people would be familiar with that. So we had a little bit of help uh, along the way, even though both of us uh, were tested and were uh, deemed to be fertile. It just wasn't happening. So went through this. And by the way, I mean, amazing to watch my wife go through this, the sacrifice and what she had to go through in order to just have the potential uh, to uh, become uh, pregnant and and have a, a child was uh, really remarkable. I already thought the world of her and, and it just expanded my appreciation and, and love for her. And we we're ultimately blessed to have uh, Addison Grace Kowalke. She's this beautiful soul who is a mini version of my wife, which is, oh man, I got my hands full here. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> souls, but I got to tell you, fiery, don't get in either of their ways, all right? So anyway, I, I digress, but I'm coming back. It took me, I would say, legitimately about nine or 10 months from, mm. from thought to planning to then practicing keyword practicing because i wasn't the best at it in the beginning i always found a pretty good reason to well you know 30 minutes here well i'll do this and and i realized i it was not holding integrity to what my mission was and so my practice this runway let's call it was intended to have me convinced and proven to myself i could do it by the time addison arrived which I did. Mm -hmm. But it all started with why is it so important to me? And, and for me, it was I wanted to, I know how important it is for a dad to be present in the lives of their children, especially a young woman, a young girl. And, and so I, I, I simply had to do it. So I stopped saying yes to opportunity, which comes at me all the time. I had to be more discerning of the who. And that is, I'll tell you, uh, uh, Brandon, probably one of the most significant things I found is the reason why my life was so chaotic, my schedule was so crazy, is that I let far too many people in who were really only coming at me on a, from a one-sided standpoint and weren't there for a, a, a mutual exchange of value whether it be in business or friendship, that was that was the biggest aha moment for me was around people, not so much opportunity. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna take a slight stab, uh, and I, this is this so so this may or may not correlate, but one of the things that you had sent me in one of your emails about this newsletter you write was this song uh, by Need to Breathe called Into the Mystery that that had to do with this. So I'm gonna, this is a slight detour, but I think it's in this area. Would you mind sharing the impact of that moment and what that has to do with your intentionality and the way your relationship show up? Yeah, so I, you know, the when I referenced the, the song Into the Mystery, you know, it, I, I read a Thursday message for all the clients who I, I'm, uh, uh, honored to serve. Uh, it just so happens to be in the dental and, and oral health uh, specialty uh, industry. And I do that with dear, dear friends of mine, uh, Scott and Ryan are their names. And it's just, I believe we've had a, a, a lasting impact, not just in industry and you know all that they're doing within patient care and things of that nature. We lead with pouring into people. We lead with, you know, what what I, I like to reference 
since most people don't don't talk about it, which is this concept of uh, agape love, which, which means I have the best of intentions for all. I want the best for everyone. And, and I go into every conversation, every anything, interaction in that manner. And it helps to keep me focused on my mission, which is simply to, uh, as I've shared with you before, I wake up every day and I say to myself, uh, I want everyone to believe that they have uh, bettered their life for spending a little bit of time with me than not. And it's taken me a long time to make it that simple. That's my guiding light. I want to have my light shine bright. I believe that God has given me a gift, although sometimes, in fact, most of the times, I question whether or not I'm truly anything special. Uh, I just trust and and trust that the right words will show up, the uh, right uh, means and methods of supporting people in all that I do show up. And the Into the Mystery by Need to Breathe, uh, you know, they just recorded it from their last album. And they did this, uh, I, I, I uh, watched it on YouTube. They have their whole uh, live uh, uh, concert from when they were in Nashville. And I just love, you know, live music and the versions. And I feel like the soul really comes out in music that way. And the neat thing about this, this concept of Into the Mystery is in the live version of, uh, of the concert, the lead singer, you know, goes into, tells his little story about it and the whole deal. And, you know, he says every once in a while, and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, he says every once in a while, you know, you got to ask the question uh, with those who you want to know, are they really on the in the journey with you in life? Is you say, will you go into the mystery with me? And you need some people to say yes. Hmm. And I found over the years, and that's why this song was so impactful to me. And I had to share it with so many people is because I had lived that that unraveling, let's call it, of finding out how many people were not ready to go into the mystery with me, even though I was. And it was a, it was a, a powerful moment. And it's a, a way for me now to truly, I would say, um, trying to think of, uh, not, analyze isn't the right word, but uh, maybe gauge um, you know, w w what depth of relationship that I, I want to pursue uh, with people, because I found that my inner circle, like the ones who are going to go into the mystery, who are going to be there uh, through thick and thin, uh, way smaller than I once thought, which is a part ego on my part when I was younger. Hmm. I love that. I mean, the reason why I thought of bringing that up right here is because you were just talking about letting far too many people in. And I mean, I'm sure you've heard the quote, but it's just like people in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And I think that the intentionality that you have is all about like being clear on who you really want to go into the mystery with and who you're designing your life around to go into the mystery with too. And I, as you sent me that, that, uh, email i actually went and watched that live clip and it was super powerful so i'll be listening to that song too because when uh stuff resonates with me i get like this like tingling that goes down my arm i'm like oh there's something here there's something magical here and uh there's a lot of beauty in that idea of having that agape love with the the you know your business partners your your family your kids like everyone like how can you be intentional about that that level of or have that level of intentionality. Another thing I'd be interested to talk about on this is because you've become so discerning with the opportunities that that come on your plate. Um, I think it's kind of again another counterintuitive. So we're starting out with like two kind of counterintuitive things where it's like I think most people the general narrative is 
I got to publish a bajillion things. I got to be on every single social media platform or everyone's going to forget about me and opportunities aren't going to come anymore. And so I thought it'd be interesting. And I, there's so many different components of your story that you just said, I want to dive into. I want to talk about your purpose and more of your journey. But I think this is a kind of a juicy thing here since we were just coming out of this is like one of the things that seems very counterintuitive to what you've done is that these opportunities still show up despite the fact that you're not actively trying to promote yourself. And so um, I think that being more quiet, being more intentional, letting things come to you is a completely different energy than the output that people are having. So I was kind of curious if you can maybe talk to that switch of dialing down, being intentional with who you love and still letting those opportunities come of that modality of, of being a hermit and letting opportunities come. I'd love for you to maybe share a little bit more about what you've noticed in that. <laughs> I love it. A hermit. That's a good one. I, I, I never associated that word. Not, it's not a it's negative kind of hermit. Uh, uh, no, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm hiding out. Okay. I tell people <laughs> on a regular basis and, and, and it's interesting, uh, Brandon, you know, because I mean, this is how you met me. I'm on, quote unquote, I'm on stage a lot. So I, I do a lot of public things, especially with people I've, you know, don't know, just met, whatever the case is. I don't feel comfortable doing it, by the way. And and I, I tell people all the time, I'm literally sick to my stomach before I do a presentation, whether it's to five people or a thousand or whatever the numbers. And, and until I do that, it's like, I'm running through this whole thing of self-doubt, the whole deal, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Mm thought it was important to share that because I do believe that you can design who you are because I, uh, in my own personal life, I'd rather be the guy in the corner at the party, watching everybody observing, not talking and doing absolutely nothing. It's just something in me. So I'm, I'm this hybrid. I can be the, the outspoken, energetic public, you know, figure, uh, yet I would uh, much rather be quite private. And, uh, in reality, uh, simply be with my wife and kids. I, 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 I've had a lot of loss in life, uh, a lot recently. Uh, I lost my brother last year, unfortunately, to a, a grueling battle of cancer. Uh, he battled it for like three years, uh, left us at 56, far too young, and he was just an extraordinary human. Uh, lost my dad. He uh, uh, That was like nine months later, and he uh, had battled dementia for a number of years, and you know, that anybody who's been through that knows how stressful that is, uh, you know, my mom and and specifically my sister, you know, were really there because I, I live far away from uh, where, where I was originally uh, born and raised. And so it's, it was, it's just been, oh my gosh. So all of this just continues to remind me of why this discernment's important. So getting back to where you were going with this is what the one thing that I found is I believe that people try too hard to meet too many people on a surface level and people can see through it. Mm -hmm. Even though it, even though you go in with it, convincing yourself, especially those who are in sales, business, promotion, marketing, whatever you go into it, believing like you've convinced yourself. Oh yeah. This is, you know, this is going to be, I, I'm friends with everybody and, and I'm friends with everybody forever and like all this kind of stuff. And I got this huge network of people, which I know people do. And I think it's wonderful. And, and the thing I say is this, how many people do you genuinely have relationships with? How many people can you, how, how many people can you tell some, some things about them that no one else would know about, or that's important to them, significant to them. And, and so people want to do it. God bless you. I love it. There's 700 different ways to do it. For me, it went from worldly possessions and 
definitions of success and all these different kind of things. Two, I wanted more meaning. I was willing to get rid of to have more personally. Uh, I I could, like I say, I, I'm blessed to have opportunities to show up on a regular basis, and people are always checking with me. Kevin, you do anything new yet? <laughs> Oh, man, I'm still good, right? I, like, you know, my daughter's six. She just went in first grade. My son's three and a half. It's like the season isn't there yet. And maybe it never will be again. I don't know. I'm not saying no forever. I just continue to say no right now. Because when you say yes to something, you say no to many other things. And I simply will not say no to my kids. And I'm proud to say that, uh, you know, I do believe my wife appreciates how much time I spend with them, the influence I have on them, how much I love and adore them. And a bit, I will say there's a, I forget who it is. Maybe one day I'll find it again. And if I ever do, I'll pass it along to you, Brandon, or, or maybe you've heard it before. But there was a guy who told, who basically told this story of his own evolution of, you know, he was going crazy, trying to get all these people, blah, blah, blah. And he ultimately said this, if you can have a thousand people who genuinely appreciate love, whatever term you want to use, interested in, value what it is you offer, you're, you'll be set for a lifetime. Mm. Is it Kevin and, Kelly's A Thousand True Fans? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I should have known you would have known that. <laughs> you're, you're such a, a well-read and you have a, a brilliant mind. And and so, I, I, I yeah, thank you for making me uh, at least look smart to know it. You're, you're the smarter guy for <laughs> having remembered it all. And, 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 and that was, it, it, that was huge to me. And it's not about the thousand. Okay. Maybe it's a thousand and maybe it's two, maybe it's 500. Whatever it is. The point is you don't need a million followers on social media. You don't need this ginormous business, whatever the case is in order to have something meaningful to you. I, I believe the key on this deal is you've got to determine which mountain you're on. There's this, you know, this concept of first mountain, second mountain, First mountain is I'm climbing the mountain. You know, I went to college. I got I graduated and I got my first job. And now I'm gonna go let go go climb that mountain because that mountain is defined by uh, the world's view of success. I got a great title. I make a bunch of money. I've got a really cool house. I got a few cars. I go on vacations and all these kind of. By the way, please don't get me wrong. I I'm a creature of comfort. I like nice things. They just don't have much meaning to me at this point in time. Versus the second mountain, which is where you're like, wow, I realized that uh, when I got to the peak, which I got to the peak in my own version, and I was sadly disappointed because none of the worldly things really brings true joy. And it was this culminating moment of my darkest valley, all these things happening, you know, kind of simultaneously for me to have this big awakening, which I'm uh, forever will be grateful for. And I've been on the second mountain now, you know, for uh, well over a decade of my life. And it's simply as this, I'm just here to try and have positive influence over anybody, my wife, my kids, friends, people I do business with, people at church, wherever. That's what's important to me. Well, I've said this to you before, and I'll say it again, like you have been that positive influence absolutely on me. And I know the way that 
we're doing this recording. We're going to record the intro together after. And I, I would love, I, so people will have absolutely heard already at this point, the story about how you and I cross paths. And so it's been amazing to see and know you over these years and seeing you live in alignment with that. It's just been beautiful. And I'm immensely grateful for the impact that you've had on my life and that you have that level of intentionality and purpose in every relationship that you have. So it is beautiful. And I appreciate you for being a guy who practices what he preaches, my friend. Well, for, first of all, thank you for, for saying that. And, you know, it took a lot of courage for me to get up in front of a room and think I was smart enough to be able to say something of value because I didn't want to, as I stated before, I just felt called by God to do it. And it originally started, you know, by me just sharing successes that I've had in business and pass those on to entrepreneurs because I have such passion for, you know, Main Street America entrepreneurship and things of that nature and when your parents brought you, I thought it was the coolest thing ever because you weren't in school, you're with us. And I thought that was beautiful. <laughs> and by the way, if any of your teachers are listening, it, trust me, he learned more in, in the one day a week with me uh, than, in, <laughs> than in, in a lot of other things that he could have been doing at school. No disrespect. I know you've, you've gotten him along. The point yeah. being is that you were exposed to so much that uh, uh, at the time, 16, 17, going on 18 and beyond, doesn't normally get exposed to content, people, visions, ideas, you know, that that would would be wonderful to see more of that in high schools, colleges, universities, you know, things of that nature. And maybe, maybe that's part of my future. Maybe when I'm ready to say yes again, that'll be an avenue, you know, that I take because it is something very important to me to have influence positively on, uh, you know, the next generations of people. Well, well, uh, we can continue this conversation after the fact, but I got I got a bunch of people I can introduce you to. My good friend Matt Bordreau, he's got three Acton Academy schools and is always looking for amazing humans to continue that on. And Kelly Lovell's been on the show; she's got a award from Queen Elizabeth II and has a she's a youth delegate for the United Nations. So I got some people I can introduce you to when when that door is open. But um, yeah, so this, this has been amazing. I, I want to return to something that you've alluded to a bunch and I think would show another depth of, of Kevin that I would love to explore. And you've talked a lot about your purpose and how your just intention is always to have this light shine through for other people. But from our previous conversations and getting to know you, like your purpose, even though it's not ironic, cause I found this to be a pattern in many other stories. It came from a dark spot. Like you had to go <laughs> through some shit <laughs> to find out what your purpose was to begin with. So I would love for you to maybe share a little bit about what was going on in your life in 2011 and 2012 and how emerging from that helped you to get clarity on what your purpose was. Yeah, sure. I, I'm, I, as you know, I'm an open book. And in fact, uh, some people are, are pretty shocked at the uh, depth and detail at which I, at which I will go and uh, and so to, to sum it up uh, you know I guess briefly because I'm sure nobody wants to sit here and listen to all my woes is uh, I I had you know I was just not in a good place. I uh, you know my my I, I had a, a different opinion of the value of uh, how my uh, father was in my life Um I, he was just different, right? Like he was that old school. He got up, he worked, came home, did his daily routine. That was it. And so like part of me, I missed out on that father-son bond of, you know, doing things and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I had to understand 
my father's love for me and and how he was uh, you know doing all that he could and knew how to, to pour into me to help me you know in in my journey of manhood and so i had that component um that i didn't realize to the degree it impacted me was you know simmering all the time within me and then that led me to just making really poor decisions in life with who is in my life um uh, business-wise, friendship-wise, you know, those kind of things. And I had wonderful uh, balance of, you know, good and the bad. And I, and I was making, uh, you, you know, I didn't, um, I had a couple of relationships that didn't work out. And the second one is the, the one that, that really did it to me. Uh, you know, something that, that happened uh, I, that was just very devastating to me, very uh, uh, in the vein of betrayal that was hard for me to get over. And I, it finally just broke me to the point where I just said, man, am I just not good? Like, am I just a bad person? Am I not worthy of, of anything in life? And I got to tell you, man, it was this moment where I, I was literally at the point where I, I was like, that's it. I'm just going to give it all up. I'm going to walk away. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I joke now that, you know, I was going to move to the Colorado, live in the mountains and you know, maybe a grizzly bear to eat me, that'd be a cool way to go out and have a headline, you know, read this, you know, crazy guy from Wisconsin moves to Colorado, lives with the bears. Duh, of course you're going to get eaten. Like that'd be a cool headline and a cool way to go. Uh, ultimately, through the help of my therapist, her name's Marianne. She was like a second mother to me. I mean, I owe her my life, literally. She, along with my mother and uh, two uh, mentors of mine, uh, helped me through this moment. And they helped me to keep my mind straight and clear, as clear as possible, uh, given what I had experienced. And that's when I made this decision of, I will no longer allow a person or a circumstance in life to rob me of my joy. Hmm. And I am proud to say that I have committed to that ever since. And so through that mess, and there was so much mess, you know, it's like, you can make a bunch of money. None of it matters. You can have a cool house. Doesn't matter. Especially if it's empty. There's no love in it. There's just nothing to it. It can look as fancy as it wants to be on Instagram. Nobody gives a rap. Because in the end, it's what's inside of it. What are you doing with it? That all matters. And cool cars and all this kind of stuff. Just garbage. And and again, I appreciate nice things. I just, I'm not bound by the chains of desire anymore. And so if I literally got nothing else in life other than what I own today, my beautiful family I have, I'm good. Like literally I am good. And it's such a wonderful place to be because I can make decisions with clarity now rather than out of what's the next thing that's going to make me feel good for a minute. What's the next thing that's going to make me look cool. What's the next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. I got exhausted by all the next things. And so it took a devastating moment of life. And thank goodness that God had his grace and mercy upon me. And that's when I made, uh, I've always been a man of faith, but I made a, a my my most major commitment ever uh, to my faith. And and it's uh, only because of that that I'm here and, and doing as well as I am. It's amazing and beautiful that you went through that and came out the other side. And it's it's so funny. I think I shared this with you, but like one of my favorite quotes that shows up for me every single time, because I'm always looking for it. And I've seen it in your story multiple times already in this conversation is 
uh, came from Michelangelo when they asked Michelangelo, how, how did you carve the David? How did you do that? And he said, well, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. And I think that lots of our growth is about subtraction, not addition, like we've been kind of like trained to do. And lots of your life, it seems like has been this massive experimentation of like, well, that that didn't work. Now I know to remove that from my life and continue to remove future situations like that. And you've just kind of found a way to kind of have that radical simplicity um, in a way that empowers you to do lots of stuff. I, I want to dig a little bit deeper, Kevin, if that's okay with you. So I heard this quote the other day um, and I, I had never heard of it before, but I wrote it down, but the, the quote was on a, another podcast and they said, the more personal a problem is the more universal it is. And you kind of had mentioned uh, that, that your, you know, you don't want to share your woes, but I think this is really empowering for people to kind of like get that lens and be able to hear and learn for, through your story. So you had, you had shared a little bit about in our last conversation about uh, a conversation that you had with your ex-father-in-law about uh, a situation that led to this specific betrayal moment. Would you mind going deep and actually sharing? Cause I think this would be super valuable. Sure. I'm happy to. And, and uh, you know, as, as you know, uh, I got it wrong twice uh, before uh, Julie and, and they, you know, they say third time's a charm. Well, in this case it was, and, and, you know, the, the, the two marriages they had before, uh, you know, wonderful human beings. We just ultimately, it just wasn't a, a good fit. And the second one was interesting though, because, you know, I, I took my time and, you know, I, I definitely did all that I could to make sure that I was making the right choice, that I was the right person for her and vice versa and the whole deal. And, you know, she had wonderful family and, you know, it, it, being a man of tradition, uh, you know, I went to, uh, I, I figured out a way and, and she didn't know it. And, and you know, I uh, was able to go with the parents. I said, Hey, you know, I'm just want to let you know, I want to ask your daughter's uh, hand in marriage. I just wanted to get your blessings. And oh my gosh, they were overjoyed and you know all these kind of things. And it was like this big, like really awesome moment. And and then her dad, to his credit, like I had no problems with it. I was a little bit surprised, but you know, he had said to me, he goes, well, Kevin, he goes, uh, you know, I just have one question for you. And I said, yes, sir. And I say, sir, and ma'am all the time, by the way. Uh, I said, yes, sir. And, and he says, well, you know, how, how are we to know that, uh, you know, this, this future marriage with our daughter isn't going to end uh, the way your first one did. And I was like, that, that's bold. And I like bold people. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, he was respectful. He wasn't trying to be mean or, you know, anything of that nature. I, I think he was being dad, right? Like he was looking out for his oldest daughter, first marriage in the family, the whole deal. So I, I had a ton of respect for her. And by the way, for the most part, I always find the best in everything nowadays. You know, I, I try to to understand the message, not necessarily the delivery or the messenger. Uh, I try to be able to hear through all that noise. And so I said, well, you know, long story short was this. I said, well, good news for you. There's only one thing that ultimately, uh, you know, I would walk away from this deal uh, because I just could never come back from it. And, you know, if if, uh, if there's any infidelity involved, I said, I, it's just not going to happen. Like, I, I I can't do it. And I said, so the good news for all of us is uh, we know that's not going to happen. And so uh, you're stuck with me uh, for a long time. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, within uh, literally a matter of uh, months, it became very evident that that was uh, happening. And ultimately it did. And uh, it was it was it was the deal. It was the thing that that just took me to pieces. And for me, it was it was so beyond the who and the what happened. It was this culmination of 
all these things in life that I just saw coming together of this train wreck of devastation, destruction, negativity, every, it was just, I questioned what value I had as a human. And it was a very, it was a difficult moment. And I, I went into more isolation than I ever had before because I just couldn't, I couldn't talk to people, didn't want to talk to people. It was, it was, it was a mess. In the end, I'm very grateful it happened, which I know can sound surprising because it has led to just truly remarkable things in life that I don't believe would have happened had it not. That's so powerful. Thank you for being willing to share. It's just, I question what value I had as a human. And like, it's, it's so cool too. Cause I know in our last conversation, you touched on this briefly, but it was through this darkness, through this terrible spot in your life that even though that you were literally questioning your value as a human, that you actually found your value as a human, you found your purpose. So was there like a specific moment where you were in this spot and you actually uncovered this purpose for you that gave you a new North star. Can you maybe share a little bit about how you came to the arrival of like what your purpose was and how to readjust from that low point? Yes. The, the catalyst was a therapy session with Marianne who she knew she was so brilliant. She knew how to get out of me what she knew was in me. She had so much intuition. I mean, the way she knew me was remarkable. And it took, I made a major recommitment to my, my therapy sessions with her at this moment. So I was going multiple times a week. And I would say, I mean, I, I, I would have to say that it probably took me, oh, thinking back, probably three weeks for me to grieve, be super upset, all these kind of things. And that's from one of my other mentors came in and he uh, calmed me down because, you know, I, 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 I could have went on a rampage and uh, probably did some things and say some things that I wouldn't appreciate today. And he got me to not do that. And he, he convinced me to uh, get through it with honor and grace and to recognize that, man, for someone to do that to somebody else, you know, there must be something going on with that, that person. And so I ended up in the long run having empathy for it, which is pretty wild. And I never would have expected for myself to do that. And so it was this really crazy thing. And so it was in this session and I remember the session. It was the most defining time I had with Marianne in the 10, 11 years I was uh, with her where it came out of uh, uh, the, the source, the source of all my poor decisions, the source of all my people pleasing, the source of all that, which I alluded to a little bit earlier, which was this lack of, of relationship I desired to have with my father and, and not recognizing the value he had for me because it wasn't my way. It wasn't the way that I wanted it to be because I didn't feel like I was going through this journey of being a young boy to becoming a man. And there's this, you know, very traditional journey that, 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 uh, tends to unfold. And I had missed a lot of the steps along the way. And so I, I broke down in just tears of sadness 
that then ultimately within a matter of a couple of minutes turned into joy because I felt so much relief that I now understood myself better than I ever had before. So it was in this moment that that I, I made the decision that I was no longer going to allow a circumstance or a human being to, to ever uh, rob me of my joy. And, and what was so beautiful about this moment of Brandon is it was this, this, I finally realized I did have a say. I finally realized I had a choice. I finally realized that I could control it. And what could I control? Me. I could control who I said yes to. I could control what I said yes to. I could control how I responded, which in the end is ultimately the most important thing. Who are you displaying as a human being to others, given all the different circumstances that you find yourself in life? The good, the bad, the fortunate, the unfortunate, all of that. And, and, it's, and it has served me well in countless capacities to this point of dealing with heartbreak, of dealing with loss of human life, of dealing just disappointment, all sorts of kind of things. And it's only because I have this belief and this, and this, I'm convinced of it. And I just won't allow anything to get in the way of that anymore. And I can thank God for giving me the strength to know I can ultimately because of, you know, my relationship with him. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing, Kevin. I know you're, like I said, you're willing to wear your heart on your sleeve. And that is something that I just have so much respect. And I know there's somebody listening right now that they needed to hear exactly that. And so for that person, I want to give you a hug. Um, and that was just, thank you for sharing that. Cause this is the kind of stuff on podcasts that I know can transform people's lives. So I appreciate you for being willing to go deep. And, and another this is going to be an interesting segue. So we'll see how this comes out of my mouth. Cause like one thing that I, so I've so I told you this to you before, Kevin, like I believe my purpose is to create a more deeply connected world. And to me, there's really two components of that. The first is you have to be willing to connect deeply with yourself, which is clearly the work that you've been on, right? Like, or you've, you've gone through the therapy sessions, you've transformed your experiences, you've gone back and understood some of the underlying uh, wounds that kind of cause that. And that is, that has allowed you to show up completely differently and it's so cool too. This is kind of a, a side tangent, but like you're so intentional with your kids, probably because you had this discovery with yourself about how you wanted that to change in your your relationship moving forward that wasn't there with with your father. And so it's very clear that you've done the work on yourself um, and transformed those experiences. And that has also empowered you to show up completely different in your leadership, in your entrepreneurial <laughs> career, because you have gone deep with yourself. It allows you to connect it deeper with other people. And so I think that's another reason why I was just so honored to have you as one of the first mentors in my life is because you were you were somebody that was modeling connecting with yourself, transforming your experiences, and then connecting deep with others as a result of being willing to go deep with yourself. So I know part of your work today, one of the stuff that you do is you help people to create connected experiences, whether that be connected with clients and customers or connected with your team. And you've kind of mm -hmm. developed lots of philosophies and, and stuff around there. And I'm glad that we went to the connection with yourself first, because I think some of that stuff without that doesn't really land as much. So I would love for you to maybe kind of share a little bit about what you've come up with about people, how they can create more connected customer experiences or team experiences uh, in a way that really impacts and creates deeper connection in the world. Well, thank you for asking. As you know, I'm super passionate about it. 
and, and it's it's not that I ever set out to try to figure this out. I I, I simply here, here's the thing. There's a lot of the majority of people are far smarter than me, far more accomplished than me, and far more capable than I. So I had to work on something that I believed could help me make a difference. And so what I did was I just adopted this philosophy of, of agape love. I didn't understand it in the moment until I really studied and understood what I was doing. And, and basically, I just took the principles uh, you know, from, from God's word with regards to how to treat people. And if I treated people the right way, kindly, respectfully, with love, care, attention, intention, all those kind of things. And, and uh, please uh, don't get me wrong. I'm no saint. Okay. I screwed up a lot along the way. Yet my, my intention was always there. It's just that my execution always wasn't where I would appreciate it. Although it is far more now than, than not. And so it was through relationship. It was through humans that I was able to, I believe, accomplish great things and to what I believe is uh, have an impact. And, and I hopefully continue to have an impact. And so over the, over the years, I just came up with this concept of, of what I call the uh, the connected, like in the uh, dental world where I serve currently, you know, I call it the connected patient experience, but it can be the connected consumer, the connected customer, the connected client, fill in the blank, whatever term you want to use makes you feel good. That's great. The point of it is this. If the concept is, think of a circle, right? And from the moment somebody is introduced to you to the moment that they walk out the door having bought your product or service, what does that look like? I always make this joke where people are really good at maybe one or two of the three components of business, but rarely are they all excellent. So they might be really good on the front end and they sell people and they they overpromise and you know, all these kind of things only to have you know the person be completely disappointed in the experience, the delivery, the usefulness of the product, service, whatever. And, and, you know, there's no connection whatsoever. Then you have others who, man, they could use a lot of help on the selling side of things. And they wonder, gosh, I have this great product. I have this great service, but yet I just don't have a lot of people who, who want it. Well, you know, you gotta be pretty good at all of it and it's gotta be connected in order for it to match and align and to move people through the process more naturally rather than them feeling sold all the time or them feeling like they got to get a discount or like all the all these tactics which which you know people see through and they feel the tactics and and i'm just an anti-tactic guy i i believe in communication and connectedness and if you can do all of that everything will work itself out and so, you know, then on the back, back end is, you know, the fulfillment of things and then the promises of the future and all that. And again, if all those three different components, basically past, present, future is, you know, kind of an easy way to put it is, uh, you know, that that is ultimately where the rubber meets the road. Excuse me. And and if you're connected in all three of those and it takes a lot of work to make that happen, by the way, and you can make it be simple, thought provoking you know, help people have reasonable and proper expectations of what they're going to get, receive, experience. What you have built is magical. And thus, when you do that, you can build it to the point where you don't have to serve so many people to be able to accomplish the same things because you can build a more profitable practice. You're not undercutting prices and fees and things of that nature just to be able to get a whole bunch of people to do, you know, to, to take your product or service. And you know, I could go on and on regarding that. On the flip side of it is you also have to have a connected team experience 
in order to deliver the connected consumer experience that you're setting out to achieve. Because if you don't have connection between, and every organization is going to be different from small to large, is you've got to have connection between the top and then the people who are doing all the work. And there could be all sorts of different layers, Brandon, as you know, when your organizations get very large and you got middle management and upper management, 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 management. I mean, it's just craziness. I can't even stand that word because if you've got to manage people, then you're not leading them and it's not a very good thing. Like we've got to be able to figure out how all of us can understand, feel connected and know that we're on the same mission. We're all serving our roles and that each role is equally valuable. I don't care if you're at the top, you're making a bunch of money and you got to make all these really crazy big decisions without the guy who's pushing the buttons, who's making the thing, who's delivering the deal. Without that, you, you know, Mr. Top Dog, Miss Top Dog, you aren't anything. And 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 ego tends to get in the way of the connected team experience. And I'm a big, uh, uh, I, I just, I cannot stand ego. It's one thing that just rubs me the wrong way, which is a big reason why I don't have a lot of people in my life anymore because I just can't uh, stand people with egos. And there's far too many of those out there. Uh, and, and usually for unhealthy reasons, yet they don't know it. So it's this connected experience on both. When you can have a, both of them, oh man, what you deliver is so far beyond the obvious. That's what creates, I believe, you know, legendary brands that don't have to convince people. They're convinced through the process. I love that. So anybody that it's hung out with me on the podcast long enough knows that like, I've never said this before. I kind of have a Google translate brain, but for action. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to attempt at translating that into like how I would begin to apply it. And I'm curious to see how you would maybe coach me on this, Kevin, or if you feel like this is accurate, but like, so the keywords I heard is like, okay, so you have your, your connected customer experience that contains your past present and future, right? So like, how do you bring, what is somebody's before they meet you? What is the experience during they meet you and then after after like that what is the experience like after it so like the way that i would translate that is like ask yourself what is which one of those is it the before the during or the after is your zone like what are you crushing it on and then how do you actually go about finding a who or a system or a structure that could support or help augment that that what you're really good at for those other areas that you may not be as as strong at so is that kind of like how you would encourage someone to begin thinking about this because it makes no, like no duh, we need to have something before we need to have something during something after. But like you said, the, 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 the fact is that most people don't have all those three together. So is that how you would begin to like pick this apart if you were doing like an assessment and begin implementing this? Yeah, absolutely. Another way to say it is pre-sale, sale, post-sale, you know, lots of people talk about that too. It's, it's all, it's all gotta be connected. And and the other thing too is it, it there it there it's it's got to be seamless. They can't feel like okay, I just got sold and then everything stops and then now yeah. something like totally different happens. You know, because yeah. they're like, well, what is this? <laughs> I in fact, I think you know, I, I try to uh, you know do all I can as a consumer to keep the economy going. You know, so I, I spend plenty of money to uh, and and I try to do it with as many uh, you know entrepreneurial private based businesses uh, rather than corporate. Just you know, my deal. And I'm always amazed at how good of a job that people do either one, getting me to their website or getting me excited about what they have. Uh, and then the sale process is interesting. And then afterwards, it's just a total disappointment because they don't try to build a relationship with me. They just try to sell me more crap. 
and they try to sell it through, oh, you know, now that you're a customer here, take 50% off this. And it's like, you don't even know me. I don't, I'm not yeah. looking for your discounts. I don't want your discounts. Like I bought this because I appreciate your story. I appreciate your mission. I appreciate who you are as a person, or at least, you know, what, what you're trying to come across that in, in a, in your public figure. And, and so it's like all of that, it, it's got to go seamlessly from, from getting people excited, selling them to building a relationship with them. And if that flow happens and you keep that circle going without break or disconnect, that's where you can get into this concept of a thousand fans that you were describing before, where you don't need so many people. The reason why people are so frustrated and always looking for new, more marketing, new leads, new this, new that is because they're not building relationships with those who have come before them and turning them into their fan base to go get more people for you. So you don't have to do it so much. So you yeah. don't have to put in so much effort in new. Everybody forgets the whole, you know, the book, the acres of diamonds, we all have them. It's just most people don't want to put in the effort because it's not fun. It's not exciting. It's not shiny. They always think the next greatest thing is going to be there. I, 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 I'm uh, certain I won't be the last person to say it, but you're being sold the bill of goods. If you think the next greatest thing is the next greatest thing, because there isn't even a greatest thing. Yeah. Oh man. So much gold drop there. There's just two things I want to highlight and put some exclamation points on one just imagine what it would look like if you walked throughout the world with this lens. Like Kevin, Kevin just gave you a lens of like before, during, and after. Like look at the next time you buy something. What was your experience before, during, and after? And simply ask yourself, what would it look like if I had a fine tooth comb over my before, during, and after experience inside of your business? And something you said earlier that that I wanted to highlight that was super good is like extending your lifetime value. Like you don't have to serve so many people if you are the premium choice, if you've built around that. So that's just another pattern I've observed in in some of the incredible humans I've had on my podcast. It's like, how can you actually be the most expensive and create a world-class experience that is seamless between all those different points? So Man, Kevin, this has been such an amazing conversation. We've gone through your story. We've connected internally. We've connected externally. So I want to be respectful of your time and start wrapping things up. Um, so there's one last question I have, and then we can kind of wrap things up. Um, you know, you and I had connected earlier, kind of talking about some of the stuff we were hoping to jam on on the podcast. And one of the things that we were talking about the transition to beyond curious and how you're just a super curious person yourself and curiosity has served you in many ways. So I've been experimenting with a new question that I asked towards the end, but I would just love to know how has curiosity impacted your life? What are some of the ways that you've leveraged curiosity to guide you on your journey so far? It's a great question. And I, I try to be curious in all things. I believe it's why I'm well-read. I, I believe it's why I'm willing to take risks and chances because you never know what decision you make that could lead to something of significance. And significance is not, again, monetary, worldly possessions, things of that nature. It could just be simply the next most meaningful relationship in life. It could be the next most meaningful thing to you that you've experienced as a, as a person. And, and if you, if you're not curious, you know, you're just never going to know. And, and I'll give you one example. You know, I, I decided that I wanted to do a little uh, angel investing and, and I got to tell you, I, I, 
made all the mistakes. Okay. Like, like it's, it's a lot harder than, than what, than uh, what, what it's made out to be. And the reason is, is because, uh, and this was part of me having, I, I think a bit of an ego, which is like, oh man, I could have influence. I could help. I could, I could, I could, I could. And I should have known it. I, 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 right. Like I said, I like far too many times. And, and so anyways, long story short is, you know, I've done a number of those and uh, uh, my, my last one, the, and, I, and then I said, no more, right? Like I'm done. And, and fortunately I'm, I'm, you know, ending it on a, what I believe is a, a pretty high note because I've met just an incredible founder who I have done all that I can to pour into as a human first, uh, not as a uh, founder of a, of a, of a business. And he has become literally like a little brother to me. In fact, I call him my brother and, and I mean it to my core. Like I, I would do anything for this guy. And we've had such a wonderful journey together. He, to his credit, he's got an incredibly open mind and says yes to things that put him outside of his comfort zone. And he's accomplished just really extraordinary things in business, in his expansion of his personal network and talk about getting to know people. Like I'm amazed the details he knows about people and how he remembers all these details and all those kind of things. Like he's one of the unicorns of, of humans who really connects with other humans. And he continues to get better at discernment and things like that. Cause there's a lot of people who along the way, I believe have trying to take advantage of him because they see him as a tool rather than as the, the, the extraordinary human who he is. And if I wasn't curious about taking a risk of making investments, both financially, investments of time pouring into people, I would not have this relationship I have in my life that I value to the degree of literally, like I said, calling him a brother. And to me, that's been worth everything. I don't care if I get a dollar back of any investment I've ever made in anything else the relationship means that much to me. And so that's just one idea and example of me being curious, followed by being comfortable in taking risk to experience something that I just knew would lead to something great. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I do believe, by the way, that there's going to be some extraordinary things that come from this because he is one of those guys who keeps checking in with me to see when I'm ready. And he respects the fact that I'm not. And, and he always jokes. He goes, man, when you're ready to turn it on, I'll, you won't have to go anywhere else. I've got it all for you. And, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's just, it's a, it's a fun deal. And I'm certain that, that he or someone else very close to me is going to be the catalyst for me saying yes to the next great thing that I have the opportunity to participate in and to, you know, do all I can to pour into and have, you know, some, some uh, influence in something great that comes from it. And it, who knows, it could be tomorrow. Maybe you convince me tomorrow, or maybe it's five years from now. I don't know. My wife though, to her credit, beautiful soul, beautiful human being, as I said before, she's already given me the permission. And, and I don't mean that as if I'm beholden to her. I mean that because we are a team and, and it's important for her to be comfortable and confident in her role. I call her the CEO of the family. And, and there is no greater role in life. And I would not abandon her or take time away from 
without her approving of it. And, and we have just the most wonderful conversations I'm blessed to have during my life. Man, that was such a beautiful answer. I don't want to add anything to that, except I want to have a conversation with our friends listening. And well, actually, wait, before, before I get there, Kevin, where can people send a carrier pigeon to you? Like, where do they, where do they, do they find out about you? Or is this just where they get to hang out? Is there, is there any place you would encourage people to check out if you, (laughs) if you, if you wanted to find out about more of you and your work? Uh, Brandon, I appreciate you asking. And I hope everybody knows that this is not, you know, me being in hiding has, has nothing to do with ego or like anything of that nature. Okay. So please, I just want to be very clear, clear about that. I don't think I'm anything special. I've just chosen to be highly focused on my family. Now, having, having said all of that, I would say the only place people can go find me at the moment, which I never checked by the way. So again, full disclosure, I'm sure I have like, you know, 500, a thousand, you know, requests on there, but you can go to LinkedIn and, uh, you know, if you put in my name, I probably have, I don't know, two, three profiles on there. I probably shouldn't. I should only have one. It's a total mess, Brandon. I'm just, you know, me, I'm transparent. You've seen my transparency this whole time. Yeah. And the reason is this, uh, you know, in case somebody does want to know I'm a real human, they could go find me say, okay, I, I see his picture. He's a real guy. I'm on, you know, I'm on all the other social media channels. I just don't do much with them. So in the end, you can ultimately find me. If you really want and feel this, you know, deep desire to want to get connected with me, well, I say have them contact you. It deepens the relationship Sweet. for you, and and you could be my gatekeeper and uh, and basically say, yeah, man, I'll get you in touch with Kevin. Because here's my thing: I'm always open to meeting people as long as there's no strings or obligations attached to them. Because I I I, I live to this creed, as I said before, that if you came to me and said, Kevin, man, I got I got to introduce you to my friend Tim. Here's the reason why. And we all get together and and I have the ability to do something just great for Tim, maybe pour some energy into Tim or something of that nature. And I'm certain I'll get something too. So it's not a one-way street. I always get things out of people as well. Just why, you know, by doing this with you, you have, have filled me up, my friend. And and you you have made me feel very special, which doesn't happen often. And so I I greatly thank you for that. And I hope that uh, in return, I've done something uh, extraordinary for you and others who have taken the time to listen. And so my long-winded deal is you know, contact Brandon and he'll yeah, figure it out. Absolutely. So I'll summarize that up. You have two options to get a hold of Kevin. Option A, you can be like James Gordon from Batman, build a bat signal, put Kevin Kowalki on it and shine it up in the night sky and see if he'll respond. <laughs> Slash that is LinkedIn. <laughs> or feel free to shoot an email to support at brandonfong.co. That's .co, uh, not an M at the end. So support at brandonfong.co. And uh, if you want to get connected with Kevin, let me know and I can make that introduction. So I'm going to wrap things up and just have a conversation with you listening. And I, I do this at the end of every episode and I don't get sick of doing it because it's really important to me that I take some time and I express how grateful I am for you listening. If you're still listening to my voice right now, you have got something of value. You are here for a reason. Something Kevin said whether it was his story, whether it was how he intentionally spends time with his family, whether how he guards his time or how he creates a connected customer experience, there is something here that has kept you listening. And so for that, I'm so grateful. And my my small ask is if you've heard something, you just take a second to share it with someone. You have no idea who this could impact. Um, maybe somebody's going through a similar story to what Kevin went through and they just need to hear his story and nothing more than that. Or maybe 
they need a more connected customer experience. You're like, oh, my friend is, is sucking at that. There could be something tactical, non-tactical, whatever it is. My ask is that you share. You have no idea the impact that this can create. And uh, whether you do that or not, I so appreciate you for being here. And Kevin, any final words you want to say before we wrap up? I want to say thank you as well. Anybody who's made it to this point, I give you credit. I realize that I can be a lot to handle. And my wife reminds me of it on a regular basis. I do hope, though, that if nothing else, if the one message you get out of this whole entire time that Brandon and I have been you know, having some fun here together, is that you deserve, you deserve whatever, fill in the blank. You deserve it. For me, it was time. I deserve to manage my schedule. I deserve to be able, and I didn't believe that for a very, very long period of time in life. And so if nothing else, please walk away from this knowing that you are deserving, and then you just got to put some intention to that. Beautiful, period, full stop. Kevin, I appreciate you so much, my friend. I love you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend.